Lord God, we just thank you that uh, we can come before you in worship and come as we are. And you accept our prayers, you, ex- you accept our praise. You're so awesome, you're so majestic, you're so wonderful. And Lord God, we just thank you that we can share this time with you. So Lord God, I just pray that you would just be in and amongst us and in our midst tonight, that we would be able to uh, experience you in a deeper and fresher way, uh, and that we would actually grow in our relationship with you. I just pray that in your name. Amen. All right. Well, hi, everyone. Um, For the majority of you who don't know who I am, I am Daniel, and uh, I've been coming to BCC for about a year. Um, I'm married to a wonderful woman over there who's called Hannah. Everyone look at her. Isn't she wonderful? Good. That's the perfect amount of embarrassed and quietly pleased being mentioned. Um, Yeah, and we've been married for two and a half years. Um, I am 26 years old, and... I can honestly say that today I feel younger than I did 20 years ago. Now, what do I mean by that? Oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll unpack it for you. There's no, it's not, it's not Benjamin Button or anything going on here, don't worry. Um, when I was a kid, I was in a real hurry to grow up. And I loved listening to all the adults talking about different subjects and I would just soak it all up and retain it and regurgitate it and try and sound very informed and mature because all I wanted to do was to be an adult and you know I wanted to be respected I wanted to be honored I wanted to be the greatest kid that is out there Um, And I think that's a really interesting psychology that I really want to break down today uh, as we look into a passage that is about being the greatest. Um, And it's actually actually two passages that go together. And I'm going to read them out right now. If you could turn to Luke chapter 9. Verses 46 to 48. I'll give you a little second and then I'm just going to get cracking, right? Okay, so an argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the, great, would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and made him stand beside him. Then he said to them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me, for it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. All right, now let's go to Luke 18, verses 15 to 17. It says this, People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. And when the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So within these two sister stories, 
Jesus is making a contrasting comparison between the big and the small, the seemingly significant and the minor details that might get missed. And what we might consider the bigger picture and what God sees is really actually the bigger picture. In the first passage, there's a call for us to see the small details, to notice them, and to show care and love to the people that might not be noticed, the vulnerable, the uh, ones that don't have a bigger voice, don't have a big voice. And Jesus is, sees them, and he, and he sees the disciples and their longing for significance, and he says the following, whoever welcomes me, welcomes this little child in my name, welcomes me. There's actual significance in caring for the little ones. Um, your desire to, for significance is not in, in and of itself a bad thing. And actually, Jesus sees that in you, and he says, hey, if you care about those people who don't get seen, who don't have a voice, um, who can't give anything in return that can give you an, like an earthly significance, then it's as if you're doing it for Jesus. It's as if you're welcoming him. And so there's that eternal significance in doing the small things. I'm going to just share a little story from, when, from my youth again. Um, like I said before, I was in a great rush to be an adult. Um, and I took a lot of pride in my... Uh, knowing my Bible at youth group and uh, always being right, um, which I was, I was always right. Um, and uh, it actually took a moment in time for, that, for me to suddenly lose a little bit of faith in myself. I was um, in a car with a guy who I won't mention, um, and he said we were having this argument about something not important, and anyway, he said to me that I was arrogant, and I was furious. How dare he call me arrogant? He's the arrogant one. And as I walked a couple, well, next day I walked into the park, and I was like chuntering away to God, going, oh, how dare he? How dare he call me arrogant? And then I felt the voice of God come, Daniel, you are arrogant. Oh, that was a horrible feeling, a feeling of just, wow, how far have I gone away from, from, God, from God, from God's presence? Um, and it took that moment and, and a lot of soul searching for the weeks after and praying and humbling myself to realize that actually, perhaps, I needed to humble myself and become more like a child So God cares about the detail, cares about, he cares about us caring for the vulnerable, um, but he goes one step further. He says, not only do you need to care for them, you need to become like them. Um, Rog mentioned this morning about small-minded godliness, um, and it's like that. It's, uh, I'm glad that he said that. It's, it's nice that they've um, linked. Um, we have to become like 
children. It says um, in the second passage, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And talking about the kids. It doesn't say the kingdom of God also belongs to them. It says it belongs to such as these, meaning we need to become like children. We need to become like children to inherit that, the kingdom of God. So, we need to be like children. How do we go about that? Actually, first of all, I'm going to read this passage, because if you think this is just Jesus that says this, you're wrong. God loved using kids throughout the Bible. And rather than talking to the chief priest, God talk, spoke to Samuel in the story of, in the story of Samuel. Um, and he says this in 1 Samuel 3, 11, And I just imagine this in like a fatherly voice from God. And it's wonderful. He says, And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. And I just can imagine that little child, that little boy, hearing that voice of God, that tender voice, albeit the rest of the passage, he does start to get pretty heavy on Israel. But um, in that, we see the tenderness that God wants to use little children. And as well as Samuel, you've got Joseph, Daniel, David, Josiah, Jeremiah, all these people used in their youth. And so we need to likewise be like little children that follow God. Okay, so what does it mean to be a childlike follower of God? Well, first of all, your relationship with God should be full of learning. There is a reason for this saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. When we, <laughs> it's said because as we get older, we find things harder to learn, we find it harder to learn new things. And those of you who are parents will know I'm not a parent, so I'm just, I'm guessing here, but I've seen it, um, that kids are like sponges. They pick up on everything. They retain it. Sometimes you might say something that you wish you hadn't said in front of a kid, and they just latch onto it. Um, they just take everything that's around them and they learn. And if there's a new thing that completely contradicts something that they knew to be true just five minutes before, they're happy to just chuck that old um, idea away and start again afresh. They're flexible. They're ready to learn. They're ready to grow. And like that, we need to be ready to learn, ready to grow. Because when we lose that ability to learn, then we can't grow. And it says, God says that he wants us to bear fruit. He wants us to grow. So we need to always have that open heart, open mind to learn. Don't forget, Jesus, one of the time when Jesus was talked to in the New Testament, people called him rabbi, meaning teacher. That's one of his most common names throughout the New Testament. So we need to see God as our teacher. Number two, 
Your relationship with Jesus should be filled with awe and wonder. I don't know about you. I'm just going to tell you my story from when I was a kid. I had this earwig that I found on the floor once. And I was fascinated by this thing. I was like, you know, it's got these little pincers on the back. And I was letting it crawl up my leg. And, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And it crawled up and I got it on my hand and I was playing with it. I must have been playing with it for about half an hour to an hour, but it felt like forever. I was fascinated by this thing. So much so that I can remember it to this day, playing with an earwig when I was about six. Um, I was adamant that it bit me, I think. Um, and Anyway, but it's so interesting that kids, they can find fascination in the everyday, in stuff that we might just walk past. And, oh yeah, I've seen that all before. I've done that all before. Um, and actually, a, a childlike relationship is filled with awe and wonder. Can you guys think of the last time that you were filled with awe and wonder from something that God did for you? I just want, I want that to be like a, a little just thing for you right now. Just think back. I'm sure you guys have something. Yeah, I'll give you some time to think. Awe and wonder is a natural part of our lives, and it should be anyway, in our relationship with God. Um, I, as I was thinking about this, um, this talk, I thought back to when I, was, I used to go to uh, summer camp every year called Hanson Dorset Christian Youth Camps. And there was this one time back in 2008 where we were in worship in the big tent and it was a calm day and suddenly all the canvases started to shake and they shook like it was a storm. And we were just perplexed by this. We came, all of us came in the middle of the like service, the evening service, we all came outside the tent to watch it shake because God was moving so powerfully that the whole tent began to shake. It was a crazy thing. And as I was thinking about the sermon, I thought, why have I not, been think- why have I not thought about this for years? I, you know, it was as if I'd forgotten and just remembered. And I think it's because when we get into the normal every day, we can think, okay, that's... You know, that's not part of my normal, so it can just get discarded to the back of our, our minds, when actually, that's not normal. A normal life with God is filled with awe and wonder. A normal life, an ev- you know, the everyday life with, with God should have those moments. And I'm not saying every day, you, you know, you're going to ex- see a, a tent shake like crazy for no reason or whatever but there are those moments where god can reveal things to you you know if god if your relationship with god doesn't have surprise if god doesn't surprise you with his goodness with so many things then i just encourage you that maybe maybe just maybe there is more and that uh as we look at him, we should be filled with awe and wonder. So if you don't see him as an awe-bringing person, I encourage you, take that step this evening to fix your eyes on him.
Right, so so far we've said the relationship should be full of learning, should be full of awe and wonder. And the third one is your relationship with God should be simple. How often do we overcomplicate things? I know I do. Um, I grew up, I'm going to keep going back to my past because it's mine, so I can share it. Um, I grew up in quite an academic family um, and quite a big family. Um, and they, everyone in my family loves to talk about politics and religion. And every Sunday after church, we would have lunch together and then have a good old talk about whatever such and such is the Antichrist and all these sort of things that come out. Um, <laughs> my family quite opinionated. Um, and I got quite good at, at arguing. Um, I think if other people came into our house, they'd think we'd be having a full-on fisticuffs. But no, that's just how we talk. We just talk at 100 decibels and talk over each other. Um, but I noticed, um, as I got a bit older, that perhaps my experience there had led to my faith becoming an academic thing rather than a personal one. Um, and being, having overcomplicated theology and, and knowing everything about certain type of uh, theology was where I'd put my... Um, trust in, I guess, put my faith in, uh, rather than the fact that I can have a close and personal relationship with God in a very simple way. You know, Jesus invited the children to him, and he invited people into his kingdom who were like Peter, who didn't really have much of an education to him, you know, and yet they were welcome. Um, I don't know about you, like, I don't need a degree to get into heaven. Not that it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that getting having a degree is a bad thing. But we should remember that our relationship with God ultimately is a simple one that we can have with him. Isaiah 29 verse 13 says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So we want to love God with our minds, but also come with open hearts to him. Yeah, I think that's what I want to say as well. I think sometimes we can get so... And again... Please hear me, not, not hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. We can get so caught up in our calling um, in God, how God's going to use us, that it become, can become a professional relationship rather than a close personal one. He's our friend. He's our father. He is our loved one. And we can come up with maybe all these different reasons as to why we should do things in a complicated way when actually God says come I don't know about you but sometimes if I'm feeling far from God I come up with hundreds of reasons why I shouldn't go to him 
because I need to get myself right first. I need to do this and I need to do that and then I'll be ready. But actually, God says, come as you are, not as you should be. Come as you are, not as you should be. Because Jesus made it simple. When he died on the cross, he made a way that we can have a relationship with him. He died for you. He paid the penalty. So that means you can just go directly to him today. And I encourage you to, if you feel um, far from God, it's never too late, it's never too far, and you don't have to put it off to the future for when you've got it all right. So God wants us to come to him as little children and come to learn, come to... Uh, come in awe and wonder and come simply so uh, for some of you if you have felt like your relationship has stagnated in a sense of I can't remember the last thing that God taught me perhaps God's going to teach you something tonight um, or Perhaps you've had an experience in your life that is, you feel like it's taught you something that you need to unlearn. Um, uh, maybe it, it colors how you view everything in the world. God wants to speak to you tonight. For others of you who perhaps have got so, uh, with it, I don't know how to phrase this, have got so stuck in with the, everyday, normal, in inverted commas, life, and have lost the awe and wonder. God wants to show you and surprise you with his goodness, with whatever he wants to surprise you with. I'm not going to tell you how he's going to surprise you because that's the whole point. It's a surprise. Um, Then he wants to speak to you today. And for those of you who maybe felt like life has gotten complicated and uh, it's just not as simple as you thought it was, or maybe you've put certain barriers in the way that you feel like you need to hop over to get to God, God wants to take those barriers down. He wants to know you closely and personally. So I encourage you to press into him this evening. So, I think we're going to have some more worship, potentially. I'm going to pray for us, guys. And um, I just encourage you, if you have something you want to put right with God, uh, do it. Um, We're going to have a time, or open time now, of waiting on God to speak to us. Um, So, allow God to speak to you in whatever those, maybe it's those three things I mentioned. Maybe it's something completely different. Allow God to speak to you. Um, If you need someone to pray for you, there are people all over who want to pray for you. But let me just pray generally over us right now. Lord God, we just thank you that that it's, it's all to do with you. Everything is for you and your glory. And all we need to do is come. Lord God, 
Um, help us to uh, become more childlike in your presence, to put our trust in you, to be dependent on you like children are dependent. And Lord God, I just pray that uh, we might never lose, or uh, yeah, we might never lose the awe and wonder. Lord God, would you just restore the awe? Would you, yeah, come do what you have to do. Come do what you want to do. We thank you. Amen.